You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. I enjoy talking to you every week. And, uh, of course, I should say there's a lot to talk about today on, on Capitol Hill. But really, it can all be pretty well summed up in a few words, and that is uh, chaos. We had a term for that in the military, but it's not. I can't use it in polite company. But the what's happening in the the United States Senate is just unbelievable. I mean, the Republicans have been running for seven years on the platform of repealing Obamacare. Not repeal and replace, just repeal. Get rid of it. Uh, turn the industry, the health industry, and the insurance industry back into a free market area where competition will decide on who gets what quality of health care people get and how they must pay for insurance. And that's what it was for years and years. And it was, wasn't perfect, but it was very effective. But now we have Obamacare, and Obamacare is basically a plan to move to socialized medicine. Now, in 2009, when I did my first article that eventually returned into my blog on the Constitution, I had read 1,100 pages of the proposed health care bill. It was a House bill at that point. And it was House Bill 3200, and I looked at that House bill, and I thought, this is socialized medicine. And that's ultimately what I felt they wanted. And I pointed that out, that the plan they were putting forth was designed to fail. Obamacare was never meant to be successful for the American people. It was meant to be successful for the Socialist and the Democratic Party, because what they want is they want, and they call it a single-payer system, which California recently adopted and then suddenly decided, or at least the California House adopted it, it died in their Senate because they suddenly realized they didn't have the money to go with complete socialized medicine. Now, socialized medicine is, and their term for it, like I said, is single-payer system. It has been tried around the world, and it has always been a complete failure. In Great Britain, they have socialized medicine, and people can't get treatment. They can't even get in to see a doctor. The doctors have left Great Britain for the most part. They've left their practices. Uh, Most of the doctors in Great Britain, and it's becoming true in this country too, are not from the country. They come in from Palestine, not Palestine, but Pakistan or India, and they practice medicine there because they can make more money um, than they can in their home countries. But the problem is is that there aren't enough of them. And most of your people that went to medical school in Great Britain are no longer practicing medicine because, number one, they, it's too complicated for them to do. They don't get to see the patients. They don't have time to see the patients. If you go in Great Britain to see a doctor, make an appointment to see a doctor, you may have to wait six months. If the doctor, when the doctor finally sees you, they decide that there's a possibility that you have a serious condition and need some testing done, 
the testing may take another six months. Then if you need treatment like surgery or chemotherapy, that may be a long way down the road too. Many people in Great Britain die awaiting treatment. Now, we have a similar situation in this country with the Veterans Administration. The Veterans Administration has become such a bureaucracy over the years, and I've heard complaints about the VA for years and years. The Veterans Administration is run by bureaucrats. It's not run by medical professionals. And that's what we have with Obamacare, and that's what we would have with a single-payer system. The bureaucrats would be in charge. The bureaucrats would decide who gets treated, when they get treated, and how they get treated. The doctor and the patient are cut out of the loop almost entirely. And I pointed this out when I wrote that article in 2009. And basically it was just an article I, I emailed to friends, and it caught fire and went all over the country. And I had thousands of emails about the article and some threatening emails with 99.9% of them were very favorable because they understood what I was saying, that this was going to be a disaster for health care in this country. And it was ultimately going to lead to health care being destroyed and ultimately going to lead to the single-payer system, i.e. socialized medicine. This is what the Democrats have wanted from the beginning, and this is what they still want. And they said it. Elizabeth Warren has come out in the last couple of months and called for socialized medicine, just like Bernie Sanders did during the campaign. Now Chuck Schumer, the village idiot who runs the minority in the Senate, has come out for socialized medicine. And they are pushing for this. They want Obamacare to fail. And they don't want the Republicans to put in something that would replace it or get rid of it entirely. Because if the Republican Party gets rid of Obamacare entirely and puts everything back in a free market system, then people will have adequate health care at a reasonable price and be able to get insurance at a reasonable price. That's what capitalism is all about. That's the last thing the Democrats want to have happen. They do not want the free market to be involved in any way, shape, or form. And the Republicans in the Senate are playing right into their hands. It doesn't matter if you're a moderate or a conservative Republican. And I, of course, side with the conservative Republicans on repealing Obamacare and just letting it go at that. But the Republicans need to remember that they were elected, for the most part, on a platform calling for the repeal of Obamacare. That was the bottom line. And now they're not going to do it. Now they're stumbling around talking about skinny repeal, which would basically get rid of the individual and business mandates uh, on insurance and, you know, do, do a few other things. But it's not going to be a real repeal. It would leave a lot of Obamacare intact. In it would get rid of, I think, one tax is all they're talking about getting rid of, and there were a number of taxes built into Obamacare. So the Republicans are basically 
shooting themselves in the foot. And if they fail to do something now, when they have the opportunity, then the voters in 2018 are not going to be happy. And if they fail to go forward with some of the other items of the Trump agenda, the voters, again, are not going to be happy. So, you know, I'm, I'm just at a loss at this point. I'm, I'm looking at, at this as, as absolute chaos, and uh, I can't understand what they're trying to do. Because the answer to Obamacare is simple. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Let the free market work its magic. That will help drive down health care. And people are not going to go get left out in the cold. Your indigents, your homeless, they're going to get treated one way or the other. The states will do it. The states will do it through Medicare, Medicaid, I should say. And, you know, there, there are doctors out there, and David and I were talking about this before the show, there are doctors out there who would, if you take off the burden of being sued for malpractice every time they do anything, then doctors are going to be more willing to provide free treatment to people who can't afford it. But right now you have the lawyers in control and, you know, as a retired attorney, I have to say that, you know, it's, it's something that I've, I've seen going on for years. They sue everybody for everything. They sue the drug companies. They sue the, the doctors. There are a lot of frivolous suits out there. And if doctors were protected from being sued for malpractice for anything except absolute negligence, then I think that the cost of medical care would go down. More people would be treated who need to be treated that couldn't afford to pay for it. A lot of changes can be made. But... My feeling right now is that the Republican Party, the members of the Republican Party in the U.S. Senate, some of them, are absolutely stumbling around in the dark. They're not giving the American people what they promised. They're not giving giving the American people what they want. And they are certainly not doing anything to really help the American people. They're going round and round and they don't know where they're going. Interestingly enough, I was watching Fox News a while ago, and uh, I usually, when Shepard Smith comes on, I usually just turn him off because I can't stand him. I mean, Shepard Smith is supposed to be a reporter, and instead he is a political commentator for the left. He's a cheerleader for the liberals and the leftists. He starts off every show attacking Trump, calling Trump a liar, calling Republicans liars, glorifying every Democrat victory, and glorifying the leftists and their causes. And he does this over and over again. And but I was watching today because they were going to have a broadcast the president's speech to a group and of young people in Washington that are there for. Uh, Boys and Girls Nation, they call it. It's an American Legion program. 
and it was a program that I was heavily involved in when I was commander of my American Legion post in Carrollton, Texas, for a couple of years. And even when I wasn't commander, I was always involved in, in the program. And basically what the program is is to take young people and send them initially to their state capitals where they become part of the state legislature. They vote on things. They elect their own governor. They elect the lieutenant governor. And they learn how the system works. And then the best and the brightest of these are sent on to Washington to represent their individual states and to act as, a, as Congress and to elect their own president. But the American Legion is, is big into that and big into the Boy Scouts and trying to promote patriotism and an understanding of how our government works. And I knew that that group was going to be addressed by Donald Trump today uh, during the Shepard Smith show and that they were going to show it live. So I was watching, and it was a you know very good speech made by uh, the president and totally apolitical, and uh, which I think was the, th- the way to do it. Because I think he made a mistake in speaking to the National Scout Jamboree the other day and uh, putting politics into it. Although the scouts seemed to love it, i got to admit, I think they enjoyed the fact that they had somebody who wasn't talking down to them. They was actually talking to them like they were adults. But we'll talk more about that in a minute after our first break. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, like I said, I was watching Shepard Smith, and I watched the president's speech, and then I listened to Shepard Smith go into one of his tirades against the president, and he started talking about health care and what was happening in the Senate and several things being voted on or about to be voted on. And then he comes out with a statement, which is what I would call 1984 doublespeak. And this is what the Democrats do, and this is what the liberals do. They say something totally outrageous, and they maintain that what they said is true. Shepard Smith came out a while ago and said that Obamacare was in trouble. He admitted it was in trouble, and he said it was in danger of collapsing because of the Republicans. 
Now, where did that come from? Not one Republican voted for Obamacare. They hadn't even read the bill. The Democrats didn't care. They hadn't read the bill. They were, you know, they were going to hire Obama and hire Nancy Pelosi, and so they voted for it for the most part, and they passed it through the Democrat-controlled Congress. And the program, as I said, was designed to fail and is failing, and it's failing very rapidly. Everything that the president said about it, everything Nancy Pelosi said about it was a lie. People did not get, did not get to keep their doctors. They did not get to keep their health plans. Their premiums did not go down by $2,500 a year on the average. The premiums had gone up by almost twice that amount on the average. So it was all a big lie, but the Democrats voted for it. No, Obamacare's failing, and somehow Shepard Smith and other liberals are trying to blame that on the Republicans in Congress. They're saying the Republicans should have fixed, helped fix Obamacare. In other words, gone along with throwing more federal money that we don't have to throw around, putting more federal money into bailing out Obamacare. And because they haven't gone along with that, the Republicans have not done that, it is their fault that Obamacare is failing. Now that, as I said, is absolute doublespeak. But it's the type of thing we're going to continue hearing from the left and news media. And Shepard Smith is one of the worst of the worst. And why he's still on Fox News, I don't know, other than they supposedly try to keep things fair and balanced, but in Shepard Smith's case, is neither fair nor balanced. I mean, he's not... Sean Hannity has an opinion show. Sean Hannity, everybody knows, is his opinion show. Shepard Smith is supposedly a news person. He has a news show. He's supposed to report the news. He's not supposed to run into a commentary on everything that President Trump does or everything the Republicans do everything conservatives do. But we have a situation where we have people like Shepard Smith and we have the Democrats and they're out there pushing their agenda. And their agenda is to have socialized medicine in this country. In 2009, after I wrote that article, like I said, I had a tremendous response. I was invited to make speeches uh, all over the state of Texas and other places about it. And I continued to monitor what was going on with the bill. The ultimate bill was 2,700 pages long and included unbelievable things in it. For example, in a health care bill passed by the United States Congress, why would there be provisions in there taking student loans away from private institutions and putting them totally under control of the federal government. What does that have to do with health care? Nothing. But they, they looked at a ways to slip other liberal and socialist programs into the bill because they knew they were going to be able to pass it. They knew that the Democratic members of the House and Senate were either too stupid to bother to read it or didn't care. So we had all that stuff go in, and out of that emerged my blog, which, by the way, you can access at www.michaelconnelly, 
C-O-N-N-E-L-O-Y.jigsy.com. And I apologize for not having written anything on it recently. It's uh, actually been about a month since I posted anything on the blog and about three months since I've, I've done extensive posting. I'm trying to get back to it, uh, but as most of you know, on April 29th, uh, we had we live in Van Zandt County, Texas. On April 29th, we had nine tornadoes touched down in our county. Five of them were on the ground at the same time. Of those five, the largest was a F5 tornado with winds of over 200 miles an hour. And our small ranch right outside of Canton, Texas, took a direct hit from that one. And we lost vehicles. Our house was severely damaged, although not as badly as the ones right behind us. We were all totally destroyed. But we lost vehicles. We lost equipment. We lost my garage and the six-car garage where all my equipment was stored. And the recovery has been been very long. Uh, we were in a motel for 39 days. We were coming out to the house every day to try to do some work, get the debris picked up and this sort of thing. We had tremendous help from volunteers all over the state of Texas that came in to help us. We lost over 50 trees that were taken down. We've had five more falls since the tornado. And we had a, a group from the Mormon Church uh, in Marshall, Texas, come in last weekend and brought in some heavy equipment and helped uh, move some of the trees. But we're still far from being totally recovered. So I have had a limited time to spend writing, and more, more and more time has been spent working out here on the property. So I apologize to those of you that are followers of my blog for not making more posts. There's a lot of things I would like to write about. I just, frankly, have not had the time. So bear with me, and I will start getting back to it as quickly as I can and try to bring people up to date on what I think is going on. In the meantime, I'm going to continue doing the radio show, obviously. And uh, I'm you know, going to do the best I can. But in any case, there's more going on that, that we need to talk about besides health care debacle, and that's basically what it is. Uh, the president made an announcement via Twitter this morning, which I think he should not have used Twitter. I think he should have done this at a press conference so he could explain himself better. But he has basically banned transgenders from being in the United States military. Now, the American Family Association and other groups have come out and praised this move, and I think it's the right thing. Because when Ash Carter, who was Secretary of Defense under Obama, decided to make the military politically correct by allowing transgender troops in the military. And let's face it, there could probably have been some in the military, and they may have served honorably. But they it wasn't something where they came out and said, I'm transgender, you have to let me use whatever locker room I want, you have to let me use whatever bathroom I want. But Ash Carter and Obama said, well, we're going to make it transgender friendly in the military and we're going to do that by preparing a 72 page document about how transgenders have to be treated how they have to have special treatment and how everybody has to be politically correct in dealing with them 
so they started talking about all the showers being co-ed, at least to the point where if you decided on one one day that you were no longer a woman, you were a man, that you could then go in the men's shower or vice versa. Now, the purpose of the military is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America and to protect and defend our freedoms. It is not to be a politically correct experimental operation. But that's what this did. They were talking about if somebody was transgender and wanted to have a sex change operation and they were in the military, the military would pay for it. And the military would pay for drugs they might want to take to help them change sexes. And don't ask me how that works because I'm not sure. But all of this was, was put on the back of the military, which is in the middle of fighting a war on terrorism. A war on terrorism has been going on for 15 years. And now we're going to put this on the backs of our soldiers? It's not necessary. We don't need it. And I think President Trump has made the right decision. That if you're transgender, find something else to do. You don't belong in the military. Unless you want to go in the military and be what you were born as. Be the sex that you were born as. But that's not what the liberals want. And again, this is part of a bigger program. The bigger program is to destroy our military, to weaken it. The left has hated the military for years, and they have done everything they could to try to weaken our military. They have been highly critical of everything the military does. Fortunately, the American people, and I served during the Vietnam War, and I know what it was like back then when we were when we would wear our uniforms, we'd be spit on. That. No one thanked us for our service. We were denigrated. That's not happening now. The American people, for the most part, are not doing that to our soldiers. They're not doing it to the members of the military, and I'm grateful for that, particularly since I have two sons that are currently on active duty in the military. They have been on active duty for years. They don't want transgenders in their unit. They think the whole idea is bad for morale and is bad for unit efficiency. And I tend to agree with that. And that makes me agree with what President Trump has done. And I know that Shepard Smith doesn't like it. I don't care. I don't care who likes it or who doesn't like it. We need to have a military that is second to none. And thank goodness the president's budget calls for a massive increase in military spending. Because we have a situation where for eight years, President Obama did everything he could. And he did this with the help of the Republicans initially. When they they agreed to uh, put these limits on military spending and automatically reduce military spending through the sequester program. And this caused 
our soldiers, our sailors, our Marines, our airmen, our members of the Coast Guard, to lose benefits, to lose opportunities, to save money for themselves and their families. And the military was basically decimated. Our people were being sent into combat with planes that were held together by basically bubble gum and chicken wire. Let's take our second break now. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So I thank Donald Trump for rejuvenating and rebuilding our military. That's what the American people want. That's what the American people are entitled to. And I think he's protecting the people in our military by doing, making a decision on transgender individuals. I think that they will be better served by a military that is focused not on political correctness, but focused instead on defending America. When I was in the military, I took an oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that is something that I believed in. That is something I still believe in. That's an oath that doesn't go away just because I'm no longer active duty or reserve military, although I'm still in the Ready Reserve. That is an oath that does not, get, does not go away. And that's why I feel that most veterans feel that we believe in that oath and one of the things we vowed to protect, one of the things in the Constitution was the most important amendment as far as I'm concerned, the Second Amendment, the right of Americans to keep and bear arms. It says the right of Americans to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
that's pretty clear as far as I'm concerned. But it's been perverted by the courts and the media for so many years that we finally won the Heller decision a few years ago that basically said that the Second Amendment was, in fact, an individual right because the liberals were coming out and claiming, no, that, that doesn't mean what it says. Uh, the right of individuals to keep and bear arms, that really doesn't mean individuals. That means if you belong to the National Guard or if you belong to a recognized militia, only then can you have a firearm. Well, that's not what the Second Amendment was about. Anybody that knows the history of it knows that that's not what it was about. But they had been assaulting the Second Amendment for years now and continued to assault it in various states, like places like California and Washington State and Oregon and New York and New Jersey. And we've been fighting back. When I was with the United States Justice Foundation, we worked on Second Amendment cases, particularly in those involving veterans who were being stripped of their Second Amendment rights. And I've continued, even though I'm no longer with the U.S. Justice Foundation, because I, that was, and by the way, for those of you that are in, have asked me why I, I left, basically it was a temporary job to begin with. I only thought I was going to be doing it for a year or two after the executive director was elected to a judgeship in California because they wanted somebody who eventually who would move to the California office and become a litigator for them and act as executive director. Well, they were having trouble finding anybody who wanted to move to the People's Republic of California, including me, but I agreed to take it on as a temporary position, and it actually lasted for four years, and I enjoyed it very much, but I was ready to move on when they finally found somebody to take my place. So, but we work on Second Amendment issues, and there have been two developments in the last couple of days that are critical to the Second Amendment. The first came when the United States Supreme Court decided to hear a case challenging the Maryland law that outlaws the ownership of certain types of weapons, like AR-15s, and outlawed the ownership of magazines, attachable magazines, that contain over 10 rounds. Now, California already has this law, and California is, is trying to set up confiscation of weapons. California has told people they have to turn their AR-15s in, and basically the people of California who believe in the Second Amendment are telling the authorities to drop dead, that we're going to continue to maintain our Second Amendment rights. But the ban in Maryland is almost identical to that in California. It has been heard, it's been challenged in the lower federal courts, the district court, where the challenge was knocked down by a liberal judge, and then it went to a court of appeals where the challenge was knocked down by several liberal, liberal judges. Now the Supreme Court has agreed to hear the case, and that will come up in their October term. That is very important, because I think the Supreme Court right now is going to be more inclined to rule in favor of the plaintiffs and to knock this down. However, I would be more comfortable if Justice Kennedy went ahead and retired and President Trump is allowed to appoint a new justice of the Supreme Court that truly believes in the Second Amendment. Because there's another case that's going to be making its way to the Supreme Court, 
and this was a, a surprise, by the way, a very big surprise, the Washington, D.C. restriction on concealed carry permits that required applicants basically to show good cause for wanting a permit, that has been struck down. And it was struck down by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, which has always been a, a very liberal court of appeals. Yet by a two-to-one vote, they said that the good cause rule for getting a concealed weapons permit was too restrictive and was a violation of the Second Amendment. Now, Kennedy has always, has before, ruled in in favor of restrictions on concealed weapons permits. That's another reason that I hope that Kennedy will go ahead and resign. I really would like for him to step aside. He's been wanting to resign for years, and he's been sort of the swing vote on a lot of things in the court. But he's also been a loose cannon. <laughs> Excuse me. You never quite know what Kennedy might do. For example, there was a pretty big surprise to a lot of people, not to me, though, when he came out and, and said that gay marriage was a constitutional right, that the states could not limit marriage to traditional marriage between a man and a woman. So we don't know what Kennedy will do for sure, but it concerns me because we are now in a position where hopefully we are going to restore completely our Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms. Of course, the Democrats want to disarm the American people. They wanted to do it for years, and they have been successful in disarming honest American citizens in cities like Chicago, which has the highest crime rate just about in the world when it comes to firearms, because the bad guys got firearms, and the good guys don't. And the police are so limited by political correctness in Chicago that they won't even go in to some of the more dangerous neighborhoods and patrol. Because if they do get in a confrontation with somebody in those neighborhoods, a minority member of the neighborhood, or a minority neighborhood, I should say, then they are going to be chastised by their mayor, by the city council, by the judges, for being politically incorrect. So they're afraid to go in because they're afraid to pull their weapons, they're afraid to confront anybody, they're afraid to arrest anybody, and this is all the liberal philosophy of letting people run amok. And now it's happening in the so-called sanctuary cities. And John Horman, the head of the Horman, the head of the Border Patrol, at this point, has come out and said, we're going to enforce the laws in the sanctuary cities. We're going to enforce our immigration laws. And we're particularly going to concentrate on criminals. And you, if you're, you're here illegally, you're a criminal to start off with because you've broken our law by coming into this country illegally. But they're going to concentrate on those who are here illegally to begin with and then commit other crimes. Now, in cities like Chicago, they don't care if people are dying by the scores every week. They don't care if they're being shot down by illegals. They don't care if MS-13, the vicious 
gang made up mostly of Hondurans and El Salvadorans are killing people in vicious ways. They don't care. They, they're going to protect the illegal criminals. So if you live in Chicago, if you live in Chicago and you are illegal and you are arrested charged with a crime, ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agents, are not even allowed in the Cook County jail. They can't go in there. They can't go in and arrest anybody. Their request for detainers, so they can pick these people up and deport them, they're not allowed the officials in Chicago just ignore that. They ignore the detainers, they ignore federal law. And you've got them doing it in Houston, you've got them doing it in San Antonio. And by the way, I know most of you have heard of the situation in San Antonio recently where 10 people died in a hot truck. They were being transported illegally into this country, and they were left by the driver of a tractor-trailer truck, left locked into the, the back of the truck, no food, no water, temperatures over 100 degrees outside, and probably a much, much higher than that inside. And by the time they, they were found, eight of them were dead. Two more have since died. And, of course, these were people that were being used by human traffickers. Uh, they pay up to $1,500 to be smuggled into this country. But then they're left to die. Now, obviously, the responsibility, the ultimate responsibility of that is on the driver of the truck and the human traffickers who recruited these people and took their money. But you also have to lie, lay part of the responsibility on sanctuary cities, like San Antonio, which is a sanctuary city, and is run by a very liberal city council and mayor. Because... When they say we're a sanctuary city and you can come into our city and it doesn't matter what crimes you commit, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to be allowed to stay and we're not going to cooperate with the feds. Well, that means that that's the place that people are going to want to go. They're coming in this country illegally. And they're going to sign up with traffickers, human traffickers, who do not care about them, do not care about their lives, just care about getting their money. And they're going to bring them into these cities. Now, if San Antonio was not a sanctuary city, in fact, if there were no sanctuary cities in Texas at all, I think a lot of people, and this is, this is being shown by the fact that the number of arrests on the border <laughs> has gone down tremendously, a lot of these people would not be trying to get into this country because they know they would be deported. And let's take our final break now. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. By the way, have you heard about the new Democrat Party agenda? You know, we've been hearing the Democrats have been on a roll for the last seven years, losing one election after another, uh, losing the House of Representatives in 2010, losing the Senate a few years later, then losing the presidency. Plus, they've lost thousands of, of seats in state houses and state houses around the country. They've lost governorships galore. And after this most recent defeat, because, you know, Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the anointed one. She was supposed to be the heir apparent to be the next president of the United States, the heir apparent to Obama. And so it was, needless to say, a shock to the Democrats when they lost. And they started talking about the fact that they had lost in states that they hadn't lost in years, like Michigan. And voter people who had voted twice for Obama, some who had never voted Republican in their lives, were coming out and voting Republican. And these were mostly middle-class people, middle-class whites, who had, but you also had people, Hispanic votes, black votes, that were leading the Democratic Party. And the Democrats decided, well, we're not in touch with those people. We have to do something to get back in touch with our voters. So what have they done? Well, they had a meeting recently. And at the end of this meeting, Chuck Schumer came out and announced a new Democrat agenda. And it had nothing to do with getting back in touch with middle-class voters. It had to do with going further to the left than they already are. They are going to declare war on capitalism. That is the basis for their new agenda. Declare war on capitalism. Push for redistribution of wealth. Put more regulations on corporations and businesses put higher taxes on them to force income equality and redistribution of wealth. The same programs that have caused an economic disaster in this country over recent years, that have caused high rates of unemployment, that have caused, have caused a record number of people to go on food stamps, they're very happy with that outcome. Because they figure, and always have figured, that the more people who are dependent upon the government to survive, 
the more people who will vote to continue with that former government. So the Democrats have essentially come out and said, we are going to push for socialism. And we are going to push for socialism like they have in Venezuela, like they have in Cuba, which, of course, is actually communism, but not the same thing. And we're going to push for those. And, and by the way, Keith Ellison, who is the uh, deputy chair of the Democrat Party and the only Muslim member of Congress, he has come out and said openly that the United States needs to have a health care system that is like the one in Cuba. So now they want the health care system to be like the one in Cuba. They want our economy to not be a free market economy, but to be like the one in Cuba, controlled by the, by the government, and like the one in Venezuela where people are starving to death, where people are rioting, where people are being gunned down by their government. And in my, my novel, Rag, a patriotic novel, which, by the way, is the left is still attacking it viciously on Barnes & Noble and Amazon, I point out what this country would be like under that system of government. And I point out how Americans would rise up to defend their rights, and to take back our country. And the book is available through my website at www.michaelconnelly.jigzy.com. And you can also access that website through the, the Our Constitution show page at America's Web Radio. You can buy it directly from me that way, and all my books are available there, including my little book on the Constitution. Or you can go to... Amazon, or better yet, if you want an ebook, you go to Barnes and Noble because Amazon canceled all my books as ebooks, and uh, apparently they they did not like the rag. That was obvious. They did not like having it, but they couldn't go as far as to censor it completely, so you can still get it there as a, uh, a paperback or a hardback. But you can get a copy of the rag virtually any any bookstore or through any website book website and read it and, and think about it. Think about what it would mean for this country to be taken over by a dictatorial totalitarian government and how we could in fact fight back and how I think we would fight back. Because this is what the Democrats are calling for. This is what they're openly advocating now. They're no longer claiming they want to help the American people. They want to control us. After all, we did something terrible in their eyes in the last election. The Hollywood elites, the elites on the East Coast, your Harvard graduates, your elite politicians, were all telling us we had to vote for Hillary Clinton, that we had to elect her. Why? Because they told us so. It didn't matter what her platform was. It didn't matter what she stood for. It didn't matter how incompetent she was or how dishonest she was. We had to vote for her because they told us to. And we didn't. And they're furious. So now the new Democrat agenda, and I hope they continue with it, because I don't think it's going to work any, any better than what they've been doing in the past 
to eight years. The new Democrat agenda is to punish the American people for not obeying, for not submitting to tyranny, for not doing the things that the Democrats want us to do. So go for it, guys. Keep pushing. Keep pushing the American people away from you. Keep pushing the American people to give up our freedoms. And they're, you know, continue to come after us, our religion, our guns, our freedom of speech. I can't tell you how much I'm being censored at this point. I mentioned my blog a while ago. Well, there's a lot of people who subscribe to my blog that are no longer receiving my mailings on the blog because a lot of the uh, places like Comcast are blocking me. Uh, a lot of people who uh, wanted to subscribe to the blog, their, their names have been removed from my list. Somebody's hacked in my computer at one point, apparently, and removed the list. Uh, Google barely mentions me anymore. The uh, They don't put up... And I know my blog is reprinted by a lot of groups out there, but you can't find that on Google anymore. And, of course, Amazon is trying to censor my books. So, you know, it's fun out there. I'm doing what I can, and I will continue to do what I can. And I hope you'll continue to support me. And uh, one thing you can do is, is buy copies of my books. And I've got six of them out there. But my income, which relies primarily on... on uh, writing, doing freelance writing work, has taken a big hit, primarily because of the tornado. I have not been able to write for as many articles as I wanted to, not just for my blog, but articles that are paid for by other groups out there, conservative groups. I haven't been able to do it, just haven't had the time. I've been doing spending too much time on our property trying to recover from the devastation of the tornado. So if you can see your way free to uh, buy a couple of copies of my books and give them out as gifts, uh, please do so. And again, the website is www.michaelconnelly.com. And you can also go make a donation, direct donation on that website uh, through PayPal to uh, help support the site. Because, you know, I, I continue to pay for uh, maintenance of the site and this sort of thing. And all of which is, is pretty, put a bit of a strain on us. But like I said, we've had so much help. So many volunteers have come forward. So many people have helped out and saved us thousands of dollars. And our insurance, i got to say, the insurance has been, been good. The USAA has really come through for us. Of course, that's the insurance for military families. And if you are a military family or uh, your parent or, or spouse is in the military, you're eligible to become a USAA member. They have been remarkably good. They have done quite a bit to help us. Uh, my pickup truck was destroyed in a tornado when a tree fell on it and broke it in half. And they had an adjuster out within two or three days. It totaled the truck and then put it made a deposit to my bank account of the amount I paid for the truck originally four years ago. 
Yeah, it was a used truck, but boy, I, I didn't expect didn't pay that much for it. I figured maybe I'd get one fourth if I was lucky. But in any case, that's what's been going on, and I think things are going to get very interesting over the next few months. We need to continue to fight for our rights. The fact that we elected Donald Trump, the president, has not ended the battle. In fact, if anything, it's intensified. I'll continue to do this show. I hope you'll continue to listen in and get your friends and family to listen in and to support my blog and get people to read the articles that I'm going to try to start posting again. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to talking to you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.